from the Moon's Dead world. Um, welcome back to another episode of the Blood and Black Rub podcast. I'm here with our lovely co-host, I'll call him a co-host instead of a guest, a guest as I did last time. Graduated. Chris Martin. Martin. Um, and we are here talking about Booker T and, uh, is it WCW? Well, and WWF. And WWF. WF, wait. That was before it was WWE. Yeah. Um, our intro is a Booker T quotation that he stole <laughs> from another prominent, uh, piece of media. And that most people probably know as the Warriors. The Warriors is uh, on Netflix right now, streaming. And it's been on there for quite a few months, actually. Has it? Really? Yeah. I, I, you know, I, I honestly don't do a lot of Netflix searching at this point. I watch some of the things that I watch, and then I don't really even... I haven't been no, on there to look at it. No, neither do I. Actually, I don't... I pay, the, like, the nine ninety nine a month for Netflix. And I don't use it as much as I should. In fact, there's, like, some months I go without even mm-hmm. using it at all. And which is a travesty, but I like having the service. Yeah, because, but I mean, then it's easy. It's there. Yeah, like mo- they have a lot of stuff on there, so it's like I feel like watching this now. So it's you, can, you know you can do that. I th- I, I don't th- watch TV to begin with that much to begin with. So like yeah, so like something like Better Call Saul, which is awesome. I'm only ca- I'm only caught through season one because I'm, you don't really watch TV. TV because I don't watch TV. I'm not I'm not really. Up and paying attention on Mondays to watch AMC airing season two, so I'm like, I can't wait for it to get on Netflix. That'll be so, next year, yeah. probably. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't do a lot of searching, so I don't, I never really know like what's on Netflix at any given time. And normally, when I do go to find stuff on Netflix, it's not there anymore because it's been <laughs> so long since the last time I looked for it that it's now not there again. And you're like, you're like, oh, yeah. I want, like, all right, like for me, like. um... Around November, usually they put like a bunch of different Bond films on. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, oh yeah, I want to. For some reason, I don't know what I know. I don't know why because Moonraker's awful. But I feel like watching Moonraker. It's like it's November. It'll be on Netflix, and it's like, all right, I get to watch new Moonraker and be like, why am I watching this piece of shit? I yeah. know it's bad, but it's like it's on Netflix. Normally, I find like during October when it's Halloween season, and I want to watch a bunch of like random uh, horror films. Well, and when I say, well, I normally watch random horror films, like, during all year. So, during Halloween, sometimes, I like to watch the more traditional horror films. You know, the ones that are really known for, for being good. And my wife is very picky about, like, which one she likes. And so, like, she hates all the ones that I normally watch. So, during Halloween, when she's actually into it, then she wants to watch the what we would consider the good ones. I, I wouldn't even say that, like... And they're never there. Well, as I say, they... they Except, besides Scream. Yeah. Which is, like, constantly streaming. Yeah, it's always on, just about. There's, I mean, from what I see, it's like Scream and Hellraiser. If you're, <laughs> if, other than that, if you're looking for a Halloween film, they got Curse of Michael Myers. If you want to see yeah. Paul, Paul Rudd before he was drinking uh, Sierra Nevadas in every film. Um, yep. That's what you get. If you want to see, like, Friday the 13th, they probably put, like, Jason X on there. Jason goes to space! Yep. Yeah, they know. I think they do have like Jason X or the yeah something like that. Well, they or, or a random one like Jason Five. Yeah, you know, something like that. And same thing with like Freddy. It's like Nightmare Before you know Four. Yeah, it's like and it's oh yeah, it's always a random like random title. That's 
out of order and you're like, well, I don't, you know, I don't, I don't know if I want to pick up here. <laughs> but, um, so we saw the Warriors on there and, um, we didn't really have a plan for tonight. Like we didn't know what exactly we wanted to watch. I'm always bombarded with shit. Like I literally have stacks and stacks of films that I, I have to cover at some point. And so, so anything kid, is really open. So but, kids, if you ever want to be bombarded by random free DVDs and Blu-rays, just say you're a fucking blogger. And yeah, it doesn't mean anybody even reads you. <laughs> which is my case. <laughs> but no, I, I wouldn't say that. Yeah, I mean, I, maybe a few people <laughs> here and there, but uh, not nothing like the big sites or anything. But yeah, it, it's worked out really well for me. But yeah, I have stacks and stacks. So, well, to be fair, do you want to be writing for some of those sites? No, I don't want to write about this insect who's scaring people in Southwest because that's a lot of their that's a lot of their coverage now. It's not like oh, look about you know check it check out this horror movie. Nope, nope, it's about like a panda bear that they found has, like, blue spots on it now, and that's, like, scary shit, you know? That's what that's literally, literally what they're writing about now at this point because it's all about the hits. It's all about, like, well, yeah. you got to get certain amount of unique views per month so that you get paid by your ad revenue service. No, I know, that's and that's why is. I get pissed off when I see, like, on Facebook and stuff, like... I don't know this, why... Like, this girl... Got super glue in her hair, but what she You'll did never to guess. what she did to that bully, how she reacted. It's like oh, I'm gonna find it. It's like no, I don't have to find out. That kind of clickbait shit pisses yeah. me off. That's why we're naming this episode of the podcast. You'll never guess what we thought about the Warriors, <laughs> so that everybody clicks on and like I want to know what did they think. I know, but like yeah, no, I agree. Like clickbait shit like that, it, it literally yeah. pisses me off. It's like. Become the you, plague you, of the like, like you can't like be creative and thoughtful enough to like get viewers in and readers in a different way. You have to be like Tom Jones was going for a swim, but he never realized what he'd be in for that day. And it's like you read, what's he in for? And then you're like reading like he got a cramp. It's yeah. like Well part of the problem with that is like Facebook reach now for pages has just gone to ship. So you gotta have something like that. Otherwise, if you don't get anybody to, like, engage with your post on Facebook, then it goes like no this. one sees it. Yeah. And so that's, I feel like Facebook has been a huge part of that problem, is, like, proliferating the, the idea that you need to have a clickbait title so that people like it. Without, and most of the time when they like it, they probably didn't even read it. They just saw it. They just oh, saw okay. it. You'll never guess what this girl does when her top falls off. Like, I don't know what it is, but like, that's exactly what it is. And so her tits fall off. The end. Yeah. So that's exactly, so that's, that's a huge problem with, with that. But, um, yeah, so, but anyway, uh, I, I for, totally almost forgot where we were going with that oh, whole, whole Warriors. yeah, we're talking about the Warriors, that's right. But anyway, so yeah, I have, I always have a ton of movies that we can cover, but sometimes you want to stay, take a step back from that and transition into something that you haven't really done before. And for me, that was the Warriors. It kind of popped out immediately because I've never seen it before. I've seen a ton of other 70s action uh, exploitation films that are based off of the Warriors. Uh, one that comes to mind is like um, the Exterminators and stuff like that. That are they, they're, they're like the sea similar. Levels. Yeah, they're similar to it, but they, they have clearly stolen things from it. But... Um, when well, it comes down to it, they're not... Well, I was going to say, um, 
for me, when I was talking about like what to review, I was, for me, it's either that or I said we can watch Big Trouble in Little China because you haven't seen Big Trouble in Little China yet, and that's yeah. on Netflix again too. And, yeah, I haven't seen that and either. And that's man. something we should review too because it's a really good, really underrated John Carpenter film. Yeah, and I think you would enjoy it. I and, probably would. Yeah, and, I'm sure I would. And it's Kurt Russell at his finest with the mullet and everything, but. Yep. But yeah, uh, I've seen, I have seen, uh, we're going to have two different kind of perspectives, because yeah. I have seen The Warriors before, and so it wasn't my first viewing. I know what, uh, going into the film, what to expect and what was going to happen, so. Well, normally it's the opposite, because we cover a lot of horror, so I've normally yeah. seen it before. It's before me, it. so yeah, yeah, this is, like, this is, I'm the expert going in. You can lead the discussion on this one. And you're the you're the layman, so. That's right. That's right. Um, we're going to take a, a short commercial break where uh, someone tells us about uh, what happened when a guy accidentally zipped himself in his pants. Something about Mary? <laughs> no. No, this ad is coming up, but uh, no, I'm just kidding. We, we don't have any ad revenue services <laughs> like that. They're not... No one is beating down our door to put an ad for their Geico, Mike, because Geico just wants, just wants their ads out. Period. Yeah, like, that's true. It's like we have to we have to say that we we both use Geico for our car insurance, and it's a it's a very nice service, and and you'd be crazy not to use this discount code. <laughs> we should re- we should work on that. We should work on getting an, an ad service so when we do our transitions, you just like pop it on. Just like just randomly, like and now after and boy, after we've talked about this, uh, you know what this reminds me of? Laundry service, man. You ever need dry? <laughs> <laughs> I know. Or or you know, we could even partner with like some of the the new the the film companies that are releasing some of the. Um, new or some of the older films on Blu-ray, and be like, you know what? This this uh, this is a little time to uh, uh, drop a little uh, advertisement for the Warriors on Blu-ray. <laughs> the Warriors on Blu-ray. You're gonna enjoy it. If you didn't enjoy the Warriors on Blu-ray, get the Xbox game by <laughs> Rockstar from Rockstar. <laughs> yeah, do you think Rockstar is really like looking around and reaching out to people who have like <laughs> just mentioned casually their video game? They're like, oh, oh. You know, we need to pay them for that. Yeah, yeah. No, they're probably like, hey, we thought about making GTA GTA 5 single-player DLC, but we saw how much money the multiplayer is bringing, and we're like, fuck it! Who cares? Yeah. And, no disrespect, because Rockstar is actually, like, my favorite game publisher, but it's like, it's like I want single-player GTA 5 DLC, but I understand why it's never going to probably come, because, like, we're making so much money off the fucking multiplayer, why bother? Yep. It's kind of like with uh, Valve and Half-Life 3. It's like, everyone wants Half-Life 3 to come out, but probably, Valve's probably like, we're making so much money off Steam, and people at this point probably get pissed off no matter what we release for yeah, Half-Life it's, it's 3. Yeah, it's lose-lose. They're probably like, fuck it. They're yeah. probably like, fuck it. We'll just, you know, we're happy with the money we make. And I understand that. I just want a Red Dead 2. It's coming. I hope so. I I read the reports that's saying that uh, they're... It's a permanent franchise now. And, That's what I've heard. That's what, also and, what I've heard. But I also heard reports that they're working on GTA 6 at this point. They probably well. are too, though. They probably are. They probably got it, different companies. It's probably going to take them like six their... years to make it, though, because it takes yeah. them forever. And I, again, I don't blame them for it yeah. because the nice thing about Rockstar is they take their they time. Put... They, they, they delay GTA 5 like three different times to make sure it was good enough to come out. Yeah. So I have no pro- I have no problem with that. Um, the only problem is, like, a new Red Dead. As much as I want a new Red Dead, 
I don't at the same time because I have such magical memories That's from like true. Red Dead yeah. from Red Dead's multiplayer and the, playing this through the single player. It's like because Red Red Dead Redemption is one of my favorite games of all time. It's one of mine too. It's, it's like number Very... two. It's right behind Knights of the Old Republic as my favorite game of all time. And um, as much as I'd like to see another one, it's like at the same time I don't. It's like don't don't fuck don't, up. Yeah, don't ruin the magic of the first one. Come yeah. on. Because we, we had, both of us, we have great times on the multiplayer, just like roaming, you know, doing the free roam. And just like, yeah. oh, it's like, oh, it's like riding on horses and being like, oh, and coming up against somebody else, like, oh no, they're going to shoot at us. And like slowly like walking on the horses, like, they're going to shoot at us first, they're going to shoot us. No, no one shot. Okay, it's the it's tension a, of doing it, You know, it's like, you know, it's like, oh, it's okay, yeah. it's fine. All of that tangent to uh, kind of get to me saying that, I would be interested in playing that port of uh, the Warriors that because I never played it when it came out. When I would too. It. It, it I, look, I'm, I'm wondering like what exactly I think it has be, in it. I think from when I looked at it because I remember when it came out and I looked at it, I'm like it looked kind of cool, but I never. Yeah, I never saw it in stores around here, so I never got it. But um, to me, it kind of looked like a. Kind of like a, a mixture of Manhunt and Bully. Yeah, that's what I was thinking too. Like, man, it seems like Manhunt a little bit be, with its combat. Like, yeah, with its like close quarters, like combat. And that like, and like probably a little bit of stealth too yeah. is what I'm thinking. And, and Bully too. And Bully is a great game. Yeah, too, I love Bully. Bully as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I would like. I would be very interested to play the Warriors again. Like, if they, you know, because they've been bringing some ports back. Uh, mostly for Xbox, but uh, I would be interested in playing that to, just to see, what, now that I've seen the film, just to see what that's like. Because uh, at the time, I really wasn't, you know, I knew about the Warriors and stuff, but I wasn't really interested in playing it because I hadn't really experienced it. So it would be an interesting experience. Uh, before we get into the film, though, uh, we got to take some time away to do our, our little uh, alcohol and beer discussion. Um which today we we put the scotch away. We haven't we haven't broken that out from la- from the last episode. Didn't have a shitty movie, so we yeah, needed to hit the heart out. Didn't need it. But uh, this time um, we got a couple different things. Uh, we had talked a, a few, probably a few episodes ago about the Jenny the new uh, batches, the brew batches that they were doing. Uh, Jenny Brewhouse um, pilot batches, pilot batches that they do. They're uh, a little bit different and a little experimental for the company because they don't normally try to. They don't. They don't get out of their comfort zone that often. So when they do, it's kind of like a special occasion. And Martin's a big fan of Jenny, so you know he's very interested in the new uh, batches that they have out. And we had talked to. I think you had mentioned this on the show before, but you hadn't ha- had it yet. Mm-hmm. Uh, which is they they have a new one that's called the uh, Jenny Brewhouse Double Bach, um, and they make a regular Bach. It's you we, know, we, so Jenny had, Bach, which we've had on here before. Mm-hmm. Um, but this time, this is a double Bach. It's a little bit different, or uh, um, you know, and it's it's definitely a different taste from their normal everyday Bach. And you said this is what an old recipe. Yeah, from what I uh, saw on their uh, video for this uh, beer and from their website, it's uh, um, their pilot batch series brewmaster found in their uh, Jenny Attic uh, a recipe for like from the 1800s for this double bock, and that's what's inspired this one. Is they took that recipe and kind of modernized it, and um, 
You know, um, from reading the description, it fits what I thought it would be. I actually, going into it, didn't think I'd like it that much because as the brewmaster describes it, it's kind of, it's got a malty front flavor, but then kind of becomes raisiny and caramel. And when I hear the word raisin, I just shudder in anguish because it's you like... shiver up like that grape. Yeah. You shrivel up like that Yeah, because it's just, who wants a soulless grape in, mm. in life mm. and in... Raisins, however, are better. Well, yes, craisins are delicious, but that's, even still, it's dried fruit. It's like I don't want—I yeah. don't want a dried fruit. I don't want a dried plum. I don't want a plum to become a prune. I want a plum. In fact, you know, I don't want either. Well, I—I <laughs> I, I, well, no, I was to say, if I had to pick, if I want a plum well, or I guess a prune, I'd pick a plum. Yeah, yeah, you want something savory, and yeah. yeah. So I bought two six packs of it because I look—I've been couldn't looking, find it anywhere. Couldn't find it anywhere. I've been looking for this for months now because it's been out for quite a few months now. It was released a little bit after the Jenny Box series is out, and um, I went on, you know, Jenny has a beer finder on their website, so I found, you know, they said there's a bunch of different places around here that had it, and I went to all these different places, didn't have it, and when I finally found it, it was buried at the store, like, um, the local beer store, the case that they had of it was still unpacked, and it's buried underneath a bunch of different cases, I bought two six-packs, for us to try, and um, to be quite honest with you, it's probably my least favorite of the Pilot Batch series. Probably. Uh, uh, the Scotch Ale, the Imperial Black IPA, the Salted Caramel Chocolate Porter, and the Scot- uh, Scotch Ale, I think, actually. Yeah, you said that one, yep. Um, it's probably my least favorite of them, but it's still not a bad beer. Um, it is very malty in the front, kind of yep. like the Jenny, the original Jenny Bog. But at the same time, when you get, like, on the back palate, it's sweet, and it does, it really does have, like, a raisiny caramel taste to yeah. it. Yeah. But I think the more you drink it, the more that kind of dissipates, you won't really taste the raisininess to it as much, which is good, because at first, when I was, like, drinking it the first few times, it, I got a lot of that, but it's the more I drank of it, it's more malty and more sweet at the end, so you couldn't really discern the raisin taste and caramel taste from it. So I say it's not a bad beer, but um, I wouldn't go out of your way to look for it, to be mm. honest with you. And yeah, I can't say that I'm a huge fan of it. Um, I find that the sweetness sometimes becomes very cloying, and it's um, it's almost too sweet for me on the back end of it. Um, I like like you said, it's definitely better cold because as the beer warmed up, because I was uh, drinking coffee on and off mm-hmm. and stuff too. As the beer warmed up, it definitely the sweetness really came out when it got warmer, and it was it became much too sweet for me after a while, where it was just like oh, you know, it's, it was kind of a chore with the sweetness at the end of it to to drink all of it. So uh, I think I think it's better cold. Um, I would like a touch less of that sweetness with it uh, that that the raisin and caramel is providing there. Honestly, I mean, I don't know if you need raisin and caramel. No, I I agree. I, I don't I, think I think the I don't, caramel's I, I, probably. I, I think if they just went straight malts the entire way to make it like yeah. a malty beer, and at the end you get like that crisp mouthfeel to it. Yeah, would have been fine for a double block, but whatever they did to it to give it that raisiny, caramely taste at the end, that adds that extra bitter but yet sweetness to it. It's it's unnecessary, mm-hmm. and um, which like I said, which is sad because I love Jenny beer. You love Jenny beer. Um, 
it's like I said, it's probably the weakest of the pilot match series. Probably, so far. yeah, yeah, I agree. I, I you know, I, I'm not a huge fan, so, but I mean, yeah, it's drinkable and it's got a seven percent alcohol. You're gonna get ABD your kick to there. it, yeah. So you know, that's you'll, you'll be drinking it, and within two beers, you're like, holy shit. Which I don't think is that uncommon for a double box. No, it's you know, no, it's not. Because remember the when we tried the, we haven't tried the podcast, but like years ago when we tried the Sam's Rock Box. Yeah, that was like a nine point five. Yeah, that was like a smoky double, double box. Yes, yeah, that was that was heavy. That's a heavy one. Speaking of Sam's, um, I had recently picked up their Rebel pack, so that means their Rebel is basically their IPA styles that they've kind of been coming out with so you got your general rebel ipa which is a west coast ipa um they've got in this one um which is normally i think they they put out a six pack now is their grapefruit yeah six pack right yeah, yeah come we, out. That, we've that, had it before yeah which is uh, we we had this one before they had their grapefruit ipa which i think is pretty good um depending sometimes it's a little heavy on the grapefruit almost a little overwhelming on the grapefruit uh and i think it depends per can because one I had was really good, and then one was like very grapefruity. So I'm not sure if it was can or just the way that I was tasting it that night. But um, so I li- I do like that one, and uh, it's also got the Rebel Rouser, which is a double IPA, um, which is pretty good. It's very heavy on the hops. I would say it's very bitter, um, but I I like double IPAs, so uh, it's a pretty good one as well. Which is another. West Coast version of an IPA. And then um, new to the pack, which I don't think they actually put out in any other form right now, is the Cascade IPA that they made. I think before they had the Rebel Rebel Rider, the Session IPA. Yes, they did. They had a Rebel Rider, but I think they've replaced that right now with the Cascade, with the Cascade IPA. It's Rebel Cascade IPA, which, if you're not really up on your IPAs, is just replacing the normal hops that they would have in their in their style, West Coast style, with a Cascade hop. And, um, it's pretty good. I mean, I, I, it's, it's a little bit different. It's refreshing. Um, it is, it is very bitter. It's pretty bitter. It's got what, like a 78 BTU on it or something like that. I can't read the writing on this right now, but yeah, I mean, well, I said said BTU. That's a, I mean, yeah, I know it has 76 IP IBUs and it's also 7.3 alcohol. And that's not even, this is a double. And and the, the double is an 85 IBU with an 8.4% alcohol. So you can see like the cascade is really hopped up there too. I mean, it's still got quite a bit close. Yeah. Close to double. It's close to a double IPA. So yeah, it's pretty strong. I, I still think that the rebel rouser, the double IPA is a little bit more bitter but the cascade i think is pretty drinkable i think it's i think it's pretty good i still think the cascade's a little bit bitter really i think i, I think it's more drinkable but yeah. I, think, I think it's a little bit more bitter i am too. honestly i'm not a super taster i don't well, the, well neither am i i don't have a good feel like when i taste like a certain an ipa i can't say like yep they're using cascade hops in this one or well yep, I, I think i think most people who say that are kind of bullshit I mean, I guess you probably could a little bit. They there are a little bit of tells there. Like some have more of a skunky flavor, some have more of a. But you know, I, do, I I'm not a super taster. I can't tell the difference that well. I, you know, I, I have a very difficult time, especially with like the Rebel West Coast and stuff like that. And in it compared to us, another what one that's like an English IPA. I I do. I to be honest. I I drink IPAs all the time. I have a very difficult. Time I I would be like. I, well, I would say like oh, it tastes more like a Sierra Nevada than a 
Sarek or something. Mm-hmm. You know, that's how I kind yeah. of discern it. Like, I have a very like, like, oh, like, like, oh, it's very hoppy, then it's like more like a Sierra Nevada because, IPA. Yeah, because at that point it becomes like memorizing, like, well, which one was that one? Like, what do they consider that? Is that a West Coast? Okay, well then, yeah, the, it's different from a... You know, the, the Cascade is different from the West Coast. You kind of have to memorize yeah. stuff at that point. But So, that's what we're drinking, though. And I, I actually, I would recommend that Sam Adams Rebel Pack, because I do think it's pretty good if you like IPAs. I think it's a pretty good pack. I've been enjoying it. Um, I've been enjoying it more than the Magic Hat Grapefruit IPA that I bought, because those are still in my closet. Yeah. I haven't touched those since the last time we talked about it. They'll probably sit there forever. Honestly, yeah. I, I just, I can't get down to Magic Hat. I just can't just can't it's it's unfortunate because they do have some cool looking packs but that's how they trick you yeah they trick you into into thinking that you're gonna like them but you really don't they have that same malty flavoring that i just don't like all right the warriors time we gotta get to it come out and play good impression that was pretty good yeah you think so? Yeah. All right. Well, I guess you can call me Luther if you want. Uh-huh. Luther. It brings me back to the Christmas with the cranks. Uh, Luther. Luther. <laughs> Luther. Bring out Frosty Luther. <laughs> <laughs> Who, as a as a gang member, goes by Luther? I mean, everybody else goes by some pretty cool names. You got like Swan, Ajax, Snow, Fox. And then you got, and Vermin, Vermin's pretty cool, I guess. Then you got the guy named Luther. Maybe that's what he's, maybe that's the entire thing about the Warriors. The is that is he's just pissed about his name. It's like, my name's Luther. <laughs> my name's Luther, I'm here for Alcohols Anonymous. Yeah. I don't know, maybe that's the issue. But for those who haven't seen the Warriors before, the basic premise, that there's a whole bunch of gangs... They're getting together in the Bronx, called called together by Cleon, who is proposing... Not Cleon, uh, Cyprus. Or, I'm sorry, Cyrus, yeah. Cyrus. Cyrus. Um, Cleon's a different guy. Um, Cyrus, that they all join together and kind of take back their, take back the territories in... Basically, the gangs in New York outnumber the police. If they all work together, they can, te- you know, they can they can basically can, rule over, yeah. you know, the areas in New York City. Um, but the problem is, Luther, as part of the rogue gang, takes out Cyrus before he can finish his sentiment and get any kind of recognition with the other gangs, which. Total in like probably the hundreds, right? I mean, there's probably hundreds, thousands, of di- thousands, yeah, thousands of different people there from all all kinds of gangs, which is kind of like uh, the Warriors is set in like a suit, like an alternative sort of universe of New York because it seems like a lot of the Warriors has for the seventies when this was shot, like late seventies, early eighties, a lot of like references to how New York city would have been at that time. It would have been chaos. It would have been chaos. But at the same time, it also kind of feels like it is like a more violent and, and less, almost less populated version of New York city. Well, I think cause it's like uh, a, like a, it's like, it's kind it kind of reminds me of escape from New York in that, 
There's like all. It seems like most of New York City now has become like punks abandoned. and gangs. Yeah, and abandoned. I, I I think it's more. You're you're right. I think it's more because at this in the late seventies, New York had a really big crime problem, and I mean you can see it throughout the whole thing. Like the entire all yeah. the subway interiors are like yeah. graffitied and yeah. Like, well, that was the seventies yeah. New York, but I think what uh, I think where you're going with it could be like a alternate, like, timeline or whatever. Yeah, it is, yeah. Um, I think at the same time, yes, it could, because, like, having, like, 20,000 gang members meet together in the Bronx. <laughs> yeah. You know, before anything goes down without it being interrupted. Yeah, that's, like, alternate timeline, but, again, New York in the 70s, right? not just, like, late 70s, but the entire 70s was a hellhole. And you can watch several different documentaries and whatnot, like, kind of showing how, how basically the city, like, you know, was very crime-ridden and corrupt police and all that. And I think what the film is showing is kind of, it is kind of over-contextualized, but at the same time, if you were a regular citizen during that time period... It's probably how you see everything. Yeah. And, um... So, I, I, I think, like, you know... Because this film, like, a lot of films in the 70s that are, like, kind of crime-driven films take place in New York. And they're, like, yeah. in places like this. Like, Taxi Driver. Like, Death Wish. Like, Taking a Pelham 123. They're all, they're all you know, in New York. In, like, urban areas. it You know, full of crime. Full of, you know... Yeah. Panic in Needle Park, you know, full of drugs. Yep. Which is a film you should see, too. Panic in Needle Park, Al Pacino's first major film. <laughs> but. So, yeah, I mean, I think, like, I think it's it, exaggerated it, a little bit, but, yeah. It fits the 70s. It fits the, time. the fits the 70s, fits the genre, fits the time period perfectly in yeah. what everything's kind of going on. And so, these gang members are basically... The the rogue gang, uh, led by Luther, who who uh, assassinates Cyrus, they blame it on the Warriors, which is where we get our title. It's where we have our we we find out who our protagonists slash anti heroes are because really the Warriors are would be considered an an anti hero group. You got nothing really rooting for right. Them. You're not. I mean, you're not really rooting for them, and you're not really rooting against them. The 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 idea of the Warriors as a film is that you're you're seeing a, it's like a lesser of two evils really. You you've got the rogues who seem, you know, very bad, and then you've got the Warriors who have a semblance of, like, peace about them. They they're still kind of for the truce that was going on. They're, they're just trying to get back to Cody. They're trying to get back to their yeah to back to their home, and so I think that's part of the reason why the Warriors kind of attracts people because there is that anti-hero setup that you you have these people that yeah i mean they're not they're not particularly good people one of them is basically a rapist uh you know most of them are are uh interested in laying chicks Mm -hmm. along the way but at the same time you are kind of drawn to that sort of lifestyle. And I think that's part of the point of setting it in New York City with all these gangs is that this is what you're likely to see and this is how people kind of get drawn into that lifestyle. 
as we see with the later character that kind of shows up, Mercy, who has been drawn into that lifestyle, kind of feels like she's a part of it, but then also has those feelings that maybe she's maybe she doesn't want that sort of mm-hmm. you know the violent lifestyle that she's living. That there's other things besides that. So I think that's part of the point is that we we don't necessarily like the warriors, but we're still following them as they try to get home because they're the they're the lesser evil in the the rest of the film. And I think it's interesting too about the warriors that it has kind of a a heightened and uh, exaggerated version of like what gangs would be, because they're especially for now. Because looking at the you know the the styles and the getups of the gangs that are in the warriors, I mean we wouldn't necessarily find them. Threatening. Threatening at this point. Um, they're kind of... They're costumed in such a way that it's... We we recognize where they're from. Like, the gangs that they're from. But, would you find them really threatening if you, if you saw them? Probably not. Do you think that's, like, of the time? I mean, is that is that something that, like, at the time... I think it, I think it's more just because there's so many different gang factions in this film. It's almost like um, so like each like one a, each one has to kind of have a standard identity. Like so, you it's kind of like a, like an if you think about like anime, how like each faction has like its own specific or like a video game, they have their own specific look. So if you're talking about like Fallout, you've got like the Raiders who are considerably yeah. different to who you would think of <laughs> the Tunnel Snakes. Yeah, or yeah. The, the, you've just got like these different, I, and I do. I think that's partially for the viewer to figure out. Like, okay, so th- that's easy to figure out that they're part of the rogues, and this is a warrior because he's got a vest with no shirt on, and and this is a baseball fury. Yeah, baseball fury. Um, no, I I agree. Like, and I think some you know some of the gangs are meant to look like that, so you know they're. So they're different, and that they're, you know, gunning for the Warriors. Yeah. Um, like I said, like the Baseball Furies, their whole kind of gimmick is they dress in, like, Yankee uniforms from the 70s, but they're wearing face paint that makes them look like zombies, and they carry around baseball bats. Yeah. That's part of their gimmick. That's, you know, their identity as a gang. And you have the Lizzies, which are an all-female gang in the film. That's why they're called the Lizzies. Right. And then, so it's to decipher them. Yeah. It's it, like each gang, like cause this film has like a, like because the warriors run into a bunch of different gangs on on their trip back to Coney Island. So each gang kind of has to have a gimmick, a specific thing that kind of makes them totally different. So you know, as you're following the warriors on their journey, like this gang, you know, does this. This gang does that. Yeah. This gang, you know. So you can kind of discern, so they're not just all random hoods. Yeah. Do you think that uh, that works? You know, looking at it now, as opposed to as opposed to when it came out. Yeah. Because each each gang that they go, run into while they're trying to get back to Coney Island, they each have their own gimmick. So when they run into the Turnbulls, they're all skinheads in a fucking bus. Well, not not that they, not that we can't discern who they. I mean, yes, definitely we can discern who they are, but that they. That it creates tension, I mean, because... Again, yes, because it's it's creating a... This is who you're supposed to be following. Yeah. 
and then this is the antagonist that they're running into at that moment. Because at, at certain times, I had a hard time actually believing that there was a threat. That that there was a threat significant enough to the warriors where they were actually in danger, for the most part. And I think that maybe some of that comes from... Maybe it's just the fact that they're, there's not that many weapons like it's mo- it's mostly fisticuffs it's a lot of like like uh which is weird because because they, they yeah like they say throughout the film like are you packed like, are you, like right are, are you packed like, and it's, are, are we should you know i wish we were carrying a gun everyone instead is just carrying fucking bats and boards and shit yeah i i feel like that takes away a little bit from the tension of it like i never really i i didn't really feel like they were in trouble. They were in trouble. Besides, maybe when they were with the Lizzies, because they did actually have switchblades and and uh, guns. guns and stuff. But other than that, like when the baseball furies are, are and they have baseball bats, sure. But did I really think that they were going to be in so much danger that we might they might die? Not really. You might think one of them, which maybe one of them get you know. But uh, no, you know you're right. It's um. I think that is kind of one of the downfalls of the film is that it's each setup with each gang. I think it kind of be done a little bit different, a little bit better. Yeah. To make it more suspenseful. Yeah, I I just felt like some of those scenes were were lacking the suspense that we needed to really believe that this wasn't something that they could overcome. Because if, when we take a look at the scene, like with the baseball furies. Um, it seems, yeah, I mean, at, at first it seems like, oh, we got, like, seven guys with baseball bats. That's pretty threatening. Against but, three. Against, against three, three guys. Against, yeah. But then they make quick work of these guys who have made it their gang to have baseball bats, and they can't use them. It's like, so your entire, the thing that your gang centers on is that you're your baseball entire, players. Yeah, your, your entire gimmick, and you yeah. feel Yeah, no, you feel no, you're right, because when they're running away from the baseball furious through the park, uh, one the one guy, I can't remember his name, he's like, I'm tired, I can't run anymore. And he's like, are you sure? And he's like, yeah, I can't run anymore. He's like, good, I want to fight. And the one warrior turns around and starts to fight with the baseball furies. So it's three versus seven in like, that fight, and then just, you know, duck, move, yeah. you know, dodge the bats, like, oh, I got the bat, and I beat the hell out of them. It's, you know... Sure, it makes for, like, action, but is it, like, suspenseful? No, because it's like, well, Jesus, if you knew you could kind of kick their ass with, you know, one on V7, there's no point in you running from the get-go. You could just be like, yeah, fuck you, I want to fight you. Yeah, I mean, I guess maybe the problem with this is that watching the Warriors for the first time, now in 2016, hearing about it so much prior to that, especially in the, the you know, the genre that I run in, um, you hear a lot about the Warriors as a cult classic, about as a, uh, you know things that have really influenced some of the exploitation films that came out of this, the late seventies, early eighties. Some of the films that definitely resemble this, like the New Barbarians and things like that. I expected it to be a little bit grittier than it was. Yeah, it's not that uh, gritty. It's not that uh, yeah, you know, dark. And that's probably on me, as much as it is on the film. I expected it to be something that it wasn't. I expect, and, and I mean, just because of the whole the whole idea behind it, the setup, I, I expected it to be a little bit more grittier, knowing what New York was like at the time. Um, 
I think we only see that in a couple different s- situations. I mean, the first one, obviously, with the the shooting, mm-hmm. um, and then the tense the the tense showdown at the end of the film between the rogues finding the warriors back in Coney Island, um, and then when the uh, all black gang um, the rifts come in. That's another great. That's actually a really great scene where they all kind of descend upon the warriors and the rogues as they're as they're on the beach. As they find out that now, know, the now, warriors are in a set. That's that's a tense scene right there. Not because we're fearing for the warriors, but now at this point it's clear there's like a hundred guys there and they're all going to beat on the rogues. Basically, that's that's a pretty good scene, which kind of takes away from the previous parts of the Warriors where that's lacking. Uh, it just seems like at, at times um, the film goes on for long stretches of time where not really that much happens as they're running. They're, they're taking the subway. They're, they're, you know, running from cops in an almost like um, Benny Hill fashion or something. You know what I mean? I, do, do you get that just a little bit? Like well, playing, yeah, no, no, no. Well, as, as I said when we were watching it, it's, um, you know, when the cops are chasing them, they're like, oh no, the cops, it's like, why are the cops chasing after them? Yeah, yeah the cops broke up the rally that Cyrus... And, and they knew that those, the gang members were there, but... But it's like, they have the cops <laughs> on a premise of basic law. It's like, they have no reason to be chasing these kids, because they have no... Yeah, they they're not doing anything. They they, they, they have they have no you know reasonable doubt. Like, well, he's wearing a jacket that says Warriors, therefore he might have been at this gang rally. So I'm gonna go you know chase him down to arrest him. You know, find out more. It's you know. I think it's because they're jealous of the. I think of I, the cuts with no shirts on underneath. <laughs> so and so in that like particular you know situation, it's like there's no need for that to happen. Yes, yeah. it's, it's you know but. I mean, it is what it is. Yeah, and I mean, I'm not saying that I I didn't like the film. I just found that it, at times, dragged for a film that's 90 minutes long. I thought that it dragged just a little bit, and and that there were a lot of scenes where there's not really that much happening. And with the amount of gangs that we see at the Bronx, I almost thought there would be more that would actually pull into you. Get, you do search. get you do get to see a lot of them, especially in the intro. You get to see a lot of them like, yeah. going to the Bronx and what they look like and who they are. But after that, they kind of you know they're dropped and you don't. Yeah. So I say you know that I say that's one of the detriments of the film is like when in the intro when they had that great opening of showing. Cyrus talking, and then, yeah. and then the Warriors talking, like, so there's going to be a truce happening, but then you show all the gangs, you know, descending on the Bronx, and, like, you know, they're different. Because, you know, like as I said, like, each gang kind of has a different gimmick, and you see all these different gangs with different gimmicks, and you're like, so, you know, how is this all going to happen, and all that, you know, and you show all these gangs, and once after that meeting's occurred, they're all dropped, and it's like, well, geez, that one gang that was wearing all pimp suits, I want to kind of know more about them, but... It's, yeah. You know, they were just there for the intro. Yeah, yeah, that's... that's. I mean, that's the thing, is that sometimes they're dropped, and in the one scene, you know, we meet a gang that wasn't even in the Bronx. Um, yeah, the orphans. The orphans. They weren't even in the Bronx, and we meet them there. And, and that that's actually not a bad scene when they play to their kind of... their pride. Yeah. Um, and that's where we, we get mercy, 
um, who joins the Warriors because she's she's looking to get out of the orphans. Um, I think Mercy, despite the fact that for a lot of the film she's not really anything, um, I think she might be one of the the bigger uh, themes of the film. I mean, I think she's probably a strong point in the film when it comes to that. It's probably it's mostly to the end of the film where they're on the subway heading back to Coney Island, and the uh, the partying. Uh, young kids get on the on the subway. And they're kind of like well-to-do. They have their uh, their dresses on and their suits on. It's clear they've been partying all night. Uh, they have a corsage that they have that they drop, and that she kind of gives them this longing look that's that's left unspoken. And it's uh, it's just a, a quick moment where the warriors, for much of its the film, doesn't really make a lot of, I mean, it, it certainly has its political, uh, agenda mm-hmm. to show with the corruption and crime that's in New York. Um, but other than that, it doesn't make a whole lot of statements, but mercy is, it's probably its biggest statement. No, I, I, I agree. Um, she's basically kind of there as, uh, I mean, the whole point of her joining the warriors is basically... Because the orphans are trying to, you know, show to the warriors when the warriors enter the territory. Like, oh, we're a bad gang, you know. Oh, we're, you know, we're really tough. And they're like, really? We didn't see you at the, you know, big gang meeting that just happened yeah. down in the Bronx. It's like, oh, yeah, no, we're really tough. And it's like, Here, here's like a paperclip of us. And they're like, oh, wow, yeah, you guys are really tough. You know, they're trying to point to their ego. Yeah. And obviously from... The way the orphans kind of are, you can t- kind of tell they're a chicken shit gang. Yeah. They're not as tough as they seem, and it takes mercy to kind of, you know, prod them into fighting, you know, to, you know, when they agree, like, yeah, the warriors can pass, there's no big deal. It takes mercy kind of bullying the, them into the, being more f- forceful, that it becomes a bigger part, and then when she sees that as an opportunity to get out, from the orphans, you know, as the warriors are able to fight and escape, she, you know, joins up with she them. She takes that, yeah. yeah. So I think, I think she's probably the bigger, the bigger part of the warriors, despite the fact that it, it doesn't make any overt, uh, statements, thematic statements, yeah. For, for most of the film, it doesn't. And, and you could say that it falls into the territory of most of the 70s and 80s crime films, is that they're, you're obviously making the, the socio-political statement about what it's like to live in that situation, what it's like to live in that time period. You're, you're making do mm-hmm. with the crime that's there. Um, but I think that's the biggest part of it, really, that, that kind of resonates the most. Um, even though, for much of the film, the, it's, the Warriors is kind of misogynist, kind of oh, totally politically incorrect and offensive for, for most of it, using faggot uh multiple times and and japped a couple times as well um and that i mean i think that as much comes from the time period as well i mean you wouldn't you in this in now i don't think you would see a film just casually throwing japped in there as a as some as lingo unless it's meant to be (laughs) specifically offensive um you know but uh i think i think it comes from that time and it, it is I mean, it, like I said, it is kind of a misogynist film. 
Um, but that one scene that we get with Mercy towards the end is is, is telling, and it, it's nice well, to see. I, I, again, I think it's because also because it, one, the time period, two, like the culture that the film set in. When the warriors run into the Lizzie's, they're like, hey, shouldn't there be some men around here? Like, they're like, girls like you have men around. Yeah. So I, I think I think that's, you know, it's part of the culture that they're in. Yeah. So I, I don't, I mean, you could, yeah, you you could look at it as misogynist, but at the same time, it's that is the culture in which they're, they're living. They're living, yeah. Yeah. So they're not looking at the Lizzie's to be femme fatales. They're looking at them to be like, "You're good looking broads. Where's your men? Yep. You got you're good looking. Where's your men?" And they're like, "Oh, they're in the Bronx at some gang meeting. Like, oh, we were just there." So they have they, you know they don't view them as a threat because of that. And I don't think that it's necessarily an issue because we are seeing it from the warriors' perspective. We're getting it from how they feel about things. So and and we're not necessarily forced to like these people i mean i and i think intentionally swan as our protagonist slash and anti-hero is forcibly unlikable i mean he's supposed to be sort of the standoffish guy who's kind of a prick they're all unlikable yeah i mean except for maybe like rembrandt right the younger, the younger guy that's in the I, I'd, I'd still say they're all pretty. Yeah, I, I mean, yeah, there's no, there's nothing. Kind of the, there's nothing. I'd say if there was anything drawing to this film overall, none of the characters would be likable. Yeah, it's just more story that's going on around them. Yeah. Honestly, I think I I would have enjoyed seeing Coney Island a bit more. Because that would have been a cool setting for the film. And instead of yeah. just constantly seeing like the dark subway stations of the Bronx. Of, of yeah. the Bronx. Yeah. Um, so that, I think, is one of the flaws. That they don't use their, their settings to their advantage as much as they should. Um, but yeah, I mean, honestly, I've got to say that I did, I did like watching The Warriors and I... I mean, I like most films that are within this kind of scope, this genre, the subgenre that this is. Um, but hearing so much about it, and hearing that it's such a you know such a cult classic for many people, I was inevitably just a little bit disappointed uh, with the end result. Um, and that's it's like I said to you before, it's possible that that just comes from seeing a lot of the other offshoots of the film mm -hmm. that have, you know, I've seen before it. And so I've kind of been tainted by all that other stuff afterwards that, you know, when I go back to the original, it just doesn't seem as special at this point, but, um, I can see where it has become a cult classic. There's lots of memorable lines. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think part of it is the costuming, the, the kind of like memorable gangs that each yeah, you know, like each main gang that you run into throughout the film has a, a theme, a gimmick. Yep. You know, as I said, like the baseball fears are dressed in baseball uniforms and have zombie makeup. And you have the orphans who are just just in drab and yeah darkness. And you have the you know the warriors who are you know wearing like 
vests and no shirts, but they're wearing like you know Indian headdresses and yeah. I, I and I think that's probably that's part of the reason for the for the cult classic status and just the fact that I mean it's kind of an adventure series. It's, I also think it's like if not one another one of those films. It's like right place, right time. Mm-hmm. It you know with like the stat like what was going on in the late seventies that the film fits the time period perfectly. Kind of like how, like, the late, the early 70s resonated so much with, like, vigilante films Mm -hmm. with, like, Dirty Harry and Taxi Driver and Death Wish with, like, after the whole, you know, Nixon, uh, Watergate scandal crap, you had, like, all those films kind of resonate with the public. I think this kind of, this film resonates with that time period, too. Yeah. And I think that's, you know, part of the, impact of it i actually i think i do think this is a really good film mm-hmm. it, it is for a 90 minute film it can be seem dull in points because it's not as action filled as you think this film would be from what most people probably hear of it yeah but i think what happens in the film and how it's self-contained in this one night of events it's done very, very well and i think one of the things that also adds to it i mean granted the acting in this film is not good. No. I, I will say, overall, the acting throughout this entire film is very weak. <clears throat> yeah, it is. It is weak. It, it's what you'd expect from a B film. Yep. Um, however, like, the soundtrack for this film is excellent. How it sets the mood and pace for each, you know, scene. Mm-hmm. The, the synth score for this film is very... What you for me is what you would see like with Halloween, right? It's evocative of like Escape from New York, which comes later. Yeah, you know and like, I mean? like like a ho- like you know John Carpenter's Halloween and Escape from New York. It's very it it does you know have for because it's not a horror film, no. But like the the tone that the soundtrack sets for like a lot of these set pieces that the Warriors get themselves into, it's mm-hmm. very very like oh this you know this is a dire moment. This there's you know something horrific might happen. As they're getting, like, you know, run through the graveyard by the baseball furies. You got that intense synth soundtrack that, yeah. you know, kind of goes with it. It's, you know, it sets the motion. It sets the tone of what's going on in that scene. I think that adds a lot to it. Yep. Um, and I think the simplicity of the plots, you know. Yeah, the plot is really simple. It's, it's, it's just, you know... Get one biggest gang leaders trying to get the gangs together to say, "Hey, we don't need to fight each other. We can rule the city together." One gang just says, "Fuck it," mm-hmm. and they blame it on somebody else. And there's a manhunt for them. Yeah. And the terror, in the terror of the pursuit, ensues. I think that's you know an interesting enough story for the film to get by. Yeah. So I mean, yeah. I, I I do think you know I think this is a very good film, and I think it's deserved its cult classic status, because it's, you know, it's, I'm going to find a lot of films as, you know, kind of entertaining and suspenseful as this film, mm-hmm. from that time period, and I think it, I think it does its job well enough for an audience to be captivated. I, I honestly don't think watching this film, anyone would be bored in tears with it. I, no, I, no. I, and I do agree, it is very slow in some parts, but at the same time, it's not anything so insultingly bored that you'd be like, I can't watch this. Mm-hmm. So, uh, um, one out of ten leather cuts. 
what would you give? Probably Warriors. seven out of ten. Seven out of ten. Yeah. yeah, I think I probably go around go go with seven out of ten. Like that's pro- that's pretty near what I was thinking. I think that um, that shows you know, like I said, I didn't like it, but I think I was a little bit disappointed by my expectations, and then also just a little underwhelmed by the pacing of it. But, mm-hmm. but other than that, um, I did enjoy it. Um, maybe not to the point that some of, some other people that kind of heralded it as a cult classic do. I mean, I, like, and I agree. I think as like the years go by, it's going to be a harder and harder film to look at as like some kind of mm-hmm. great film. Cause as you said, there's a lot of different, you know, imitators and, out there, and you're like, oh, what's so special about this? It's yeah. Like, it's not like a film, for instance, like 2001 Space Odyssey, or The Godfather, where it's going to stand up no matter what, like, mm-hmm. for its timelessness. It's a film that's been cop, you know, copied, and has such a simple formula, it's going to be the, done, The you formula know. is easy to copy, and, and, uh, and the, the way that the, the gangs stand out, is just an easy way for them to like continue to make more mm-hmm. uh, of a very similar ilk to it. So I think that's why part of it is that you know it's been copied a lot, and so you you kind of same thing like kind of like a Mad Max. You know, it's, it's exactly you know as yeah. great as the film as Mad Max is, it's going to be you know easy to copy and replicate and make into you know a different franchise yep. or series because. Well, we got the basic idea, but we can change just a, just enough. We to, just enough know. for it, yeah. And you see a lot of that as well within the seventies and eighties. Indiana Jones mm-hmm. with uh, Alan, you know, Quartermass, and still want to see that. Yeah, yeah. That's it's the same thing, uh, except for Alan Quartermass was the uh, inspiration for Indiana Jones, but just they they didn't do the the Alan Quartermass mm-hmm. thing. And so when they did go to then make the movies for Alan Quartermass, uh, it seemed like they were ripping off of Indiana Indiana Jones. So, but I still find uh, Raiders of the Lost Ark's uh, poster to be hilarious. The fact that he's sitting there, Harrison Ford smiling, cracking his whip. It's like, man, has a fucking smile throughout the entire series of films. He's got on the poster sitting there, like cracking a smile, and he's. Snapping his whip over his head. It's like, that's bullshit. But I love it nonetheless. <laughs> Which, did you hear Indiana Jones 5 is in the making? I did hear that, yeah. Now, I can't wait to watch that abomination. Only Harrison Ford will be Indiana Jones. Well, at least it's not Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> did you see Kingdom of the Crystal Skull? Yeah, we saw it in theaters together. Oh, we did? I know. We saw it in theaters and laughed about when he crawled into the refrigerator. I thought it was just me and Brown. Yeah, I was there. Oh, you were there too? Yeah, I was there. Was it me, you, and Brown? And I think it was... uh, Matt too? No, I think... If I'm not mistaken, Ross and Christina went to that as well. I I don't remember who went. I think I, I think it, I think they did, but I'm not sure. I can't can't quite remember. But uh, I just, I know I went to see it because I still yes. have the ticket saved. But I yeah. thought it was just me and Brown. No, but. I definitely was there too. Because I remember because uh, my uncle Ray came down during the week that they were playing. My uncle Ray is a Steven Spielberg's uh, pilot actually, and I remember saying like, "Oh, I'm gonna." Give Steven some money. I'm going to see Indiana Jones. He's like, "Oh, he'll love you for that." And I got done seeing King of the Crystal Skull. I'm like, "What have I done?" Yeah. Like, 
I know. Because I love the other three of the Ann Jones films. And it's like, it's like, it just kept getting worse and worse. Just the farce and the farce. And the only good thing from that film is uh, when Shia LaBeouf's like, you're a teacher? And Harrison Ford's like, part time! Yeah. It's the only part of the film that I really like. Other than that, it's, you know, it's garbage. But... What do you want to cover next time? Oh, God. Who the hell knows? I'm not sure. Because we did, we've covered, um, we covered an a, like a, a crime film this time, crime action film this time from the 70s. Last time we covered a superhero movie. The time before that, we did Mad Max. So we did another sort of, we did a current action film. Masterpiece. Before that, <laughs> we did, what, like Leprechaun and yeah. stuff? Did you, read, uh, did you read uh, Jared's... Uh... Leprechaun movies. Who? Jared who? Jeff Jones? No, I did not. You should read his, uh, Leprechaun movies. Why? Did he hate them as well? He rev- he sat through the entire St. Patrick's Day and watched all seven Leprechaun films. Yikes. In a sitting. It sounds the, like a horrible and, time. And then reviewed it. Yeah, yeah. It was great. I, re- I read his reviews. They were actually pretty good. <laughs> I mean, they were, they were short and off the cuff, but like, yeah. it was, it was kind of like how I'd imagine if we sat through and watched Yeah. All seven leprechaun films. I'm sure. Um, I you know, honestly, I don't know what we should review next. I don't um, know. I don't know what we're feeling like. The um, it's hard to say because you know we've got uh, Civil War coming out pretty soon. I don't need no Civil and, War. And apparently, it's getting some pretty good reviews. But I feel very unprepared to see it since I have not seen any of the other. Well, we'll, ha- we'll have to do one of these days. I mean, I plan before I see Civil War is just sit down one of these days that I have off and just fucking watch the Thor films, watch the Iron Man films, and watch. Yeah. Captain America and Age of Ultron. And, and you know th- what I've wanted to do for quite some time now. Uh, but we haven't had a chance to because I need to get a mic, another microphone. Um, is to do a live riff track of a film. film because that's often some of our best observations come when we're watching the film itself. I think that would be pretty entertaining, actually. Well, yeah. If we did a riff track, well, what would you want a riff track? I don't know. Anything really? It would have to be something that we know pretty well Not because we could riff tracks on Living Dead. Maybe, uh, maybe when they're releasing... Survival Living? <laughs> yes. <laughs> maybe when they're releasing um, it on Blu-ray, our riff tracks will be used. For a commentary <laughs> the, track. From Blood and Black Rum, here's the riff track. To... I feel like I could do a pretty good job, because I'm a pretty good researcher. So I, I feel like, you know, at the start of the film, I could be like, and we see uh, for the first time uh, uh, Joseph's, uh, Joseph uh, Schumacher here, and... Uh, he uh, is most notable for his appearances in the uh, 2007 drama. Uh, and, um, you know, I, I feel like I'd be good at that. I feel like, you know, doing like a very, very serious commentary track on like the the merits of the film and, and the detractions. Of I it. would love to do a riff track on uh, Land of the Dead. Actually, you know what? That That's actually probably a pretty good one because I've seen Land of the Dead a few times I don't like it at all. I don't either. So that would be a pretty funny one. I mean, I um, think... That's when you know George is going downhill. It's like, whoa. Because Dawn of the Dead, and we should probably save this for the riff track, but Dawn of the Dead, 
you know, you the original, original, the original, you can kind of say like, okay, yeah, he said it in the mall. You know, maybe he was well, really no, making to be, a... To be, to be fair, I think Dawn is a masterpiece. Yeah. You you don't. <laughs> well, I think it's pretty good, but... No, 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 no. Do no, I no. think it's a masterpiece? No, 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 I don't no. think no, so. No, 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 I think it's a masterpiece. You think it's shit. I don't think it's shit, no. No, no, no. I remember your review exactly. When I was just like... Because this is when you started Moon's is Dead World. I'm like, have you seen Dawn is Dead? And you're like, no. I'm like, how can you call yourself a horror fan... And, like, and not see Dawn of the Dead. I'm like, watch Dawn of the Dead. And I'm like, what did you think of it? And you're like, yeah, I mean, I, and I've seen it since then as well, and I do see, like see, it more. The the difference is, I still think it's a great film, but like you, I don't think it's some fucking political satire on capitalism. I think that bullshit. Yeah. Total bullshit, but I but think it's a great film. Because, like, see, I love the original Night. I love Dawn, and I love Day. To be honest with you, I think out of all, I say Dawn, Day, the Night. Yeah. In that order of my favorites. I think Day is much better than da- Night. And in fact, I think as, as I get older now, I think Night is getting worse and worse. Yeah. I, and I hate to say that, because I think it's because it's coming totally as a... And I'm not the person ever to really say this, because, like, don't judge a film because of its cosmetics, but I think that's part of the reason why. Yeah. yeah. Is, as the film gets older and older, the cos you know, the overall cosmetics of the film and the acting is getting worse and worse outside of Ben. Mm-hmm. They're all just, like... Yeah. Yeah, well, I think with, uh... Yeah, it's funny, because with Dawn, I mean, I think you can say that you... you you think that yeah, it's possible that he had that the idea for you know capitalism and I, I honestly don't. I honestly, yeah, I mean, I, I I honestly think he just thought a fucking wall would be cool and it was a good and he got a good a deal on the budget. Yeah, I I don't I don't think he had any statements to make at all. But I think that I think he he got fucking lucky with some critic trying to overreach on the analysis of it and just rode with it. And then with land, I think that the political overtones of it are very forced as well. Oh yeah, and I think everything after everything after dawn becomes very yeah forced because day day with like the military like controlling the base and how everyone reacts to that Captain Rhodes' authority. I think you know it's very deliberate. Same thing with land with Fiddler's Green. Same thing with survival. Uh, sur- uh, not survival diary with how. You know, modern media portrays thing and portrays shit, and then survival on the island. How you know how they can possibly tame? You know, going back to the day idea of like how can you possibly control the dead? Because you know, Diary is probably the most over. Have you seen? I can't remember. No, I've never seen Diary. Diary. Oh my god, Diary is like the most overt political. It's like yeah, it's like hell because it's all shot in first person. So it's like. You have a scene like in the hospital where like someone's getting attacked by a zombie. You're like, help me! I need help! I need... John, help me! And he's like, I can't. I gotta film this for <laughs> record. And it's like, drop your camera, asshole, and help your friend. No, I gotta hold the camera I to know. make you know and film the scene to make sure people witness what's going. On. It's bullshit. It's total bullshit. That we really have to re- review Diary because Diary's. Fucking terrible. Yeah. You thought survival was bad. Diary- I do think survival is really bad. Survival so. diaries even worse. Hmm. 
I mean, I think that we'll probably, we'll have to do land and we'll do a riff tracks of it, but that's going to be, like, probably in the future because... Sergeant Black, dude. Is <laughs> <laughs> as, as, as I uh, so eloquently re- yeah. referred to... Uh, Sergeant Black, dude. Well, what the, what, what is, what's the name they give me? I can't even remember. The, the, the fucking gas-attendant black zombie that's leading uh, the way. I just call him Sergeant Black, dude, because he's just fucking leading the zombies to the promised land and figures out how a gun works, some, you know. Makes no fucking sense. Yeah. So I'll have to do a riff tracks of that, but it's going to be a while. It's going to be a little while still because I have to get a microphone that we can use to do it. So I don't know what we're going to do next time. Too bad Dennis Hopper's wasted in that film. Yeah. He's too good of an actor for that shit. Is he? Have you seen Texas Chainsaw Massacre Part 2? Have you seen Dennis <laughs> Hopper, period? Yeah. Yeah, but he's in De- Texas I know, Chainsaw I, Massacre no, Part 2. I know, yeah. That's a I know. terrible part for well, him. Well, I was well. going to say, Dennis Hopper's the man who's like, you just offer him in a role. He's like, sure, whatever. How about Speed? Yeah. Love sure. Speed. Sure, whatever. Too bad they killed... I hate Speed because they killed off Jeff Dan. That is else. true. Yeah. But I do love speed. I love speed a lot. I would uh, like to do speed. Well, every time I think of Jeff... I mean, not Jeff I was, uh Dennis Hopper, all I can think of is him in uh, Blue Velvet. And he's like, going to the main character, like, what kind of dr- beer do you drink? He's like, Heineken. He's like, Heineken! <laughs> Fuck that pussy shit! Pabst Blue Ribbon! I know. David Lynch's finest right there. You think you've seen a film on a phone. <laughs> <laughs> That's his finest. All right, that, that that is truly great. I love that. I love that. You, you got like the music playing in the background. He's like, you think you've seen a film on your phone, but you haven't. If you think you've seen a film on your phone and truly experienced it, then you're a fucking idiot. I'm in that camp. I would never watch a movie on my phone. I have before. I I no. I don't mm-hmm. have the. I have. I don't care. No. I no. I don't know. We'll find something for next time. It'll be a surprise. Like the Warriors. Like the Warriors. That was a surprise, yeah. You know, we might even... We we may cover a, a superhero movie. We may... Taking a Pelham 1, 2, 3. No, it's too, it's too <laughs> similar. We gotta, we gotta branch out a little bit from what we've done this week. And honestly, nothing in the theaters right now. That I don't That's know. interesting you right now. I'm just looking, I, I honestly just want to see Civil War just to see if it's better than Batman v Superman. And I know it's going to You're be. You're not though. supposed to compare them! Please. Are you fucking kidding me? Well, we have to catch up on that then. We gotta, we gotta get caught up. You don't up even have to know any of that shit though. I do. I, it's gonna bother no, me. No, I know. It's gonna bother me in, no, inside. I, I, no, I totally understand that because I do want to know, like, Get caught up, but at the same time, like, you don't fucking need to know yeah, that. You just, you just need to know Captain America wants to save Bucky. Iron Man gets his fucking panties in a bunch about him saving the Winter Soldier. And they fucking start a war about it. The right. end. I know, but it would, it would, I would feel better if I saw them. Oh, and to be honest with you, especially I think Civil War is going to be a much better film than Batman v Superman. And it is. It's not like the film's going to end with anything meaningful or anything happen because you still have Doctor Strange coming out. Yeah. You still have Black Panther coming out. Yep. So it's not like anything major is really yeah, going to happen. Yeah. But by the end of this film, it's just going to be like, oh, maybe we should reform the Avengers. Or, you know, or maybe we, you know, 
you know, nothing major by the end of the film is going to happen. Yeah. Because you still have Daredevil going on the TV. You still have Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. going on. You're going to have Black Panther and Doctor Strange coming up. Not, by the end of Civil War, it's going to be like basically a moot point, but at the same time, by the end of the film, you're going to be like, well, that was a much more enjoyable ride than that. <laughs> Superman. It's got to stop comparing it. We're going to get in trouble. You people can't. Are, you people can't, are yelling at us. You can't help it, though. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I don't. I don't agree yeah. with like comparing, but it's like the fucking films are coming out a month and a half. Yeah, be, between each other. Between each other. So it's like it's like with like Suicide Squad coming out in August. It's like so. We're, so this is supposed to be DC's version of Guardians of the Galaxy. Like, woohoo! Harley's a whore and there's Killer Croc and get what Captain Boomerang or some shit. I can't take that shit seriously. I'm not even. I'll be honest with you. I'm not even that invested. No, I'm not. No, I'm not. No, I agree. I'm not either. Like the Suicide Squad, I had no interest in seeing. Yeah, and it has nothing to do with like Jared Leto's Joker being like a crackhead. It's it's more just overall looking at it. It's like so you're the Guardians of Galaxy, but probably not as interesting. Yeah. You know who the fuck thought like. Marvel coming out with Rock- Guardians of the Galaxy and like, oh, there's Rocky Raccoon. People liking that shit. Yeah. They did it right, though. They did. After Batman v Superman, I have no faith in the DC movies right now. It's like, you gotta put out your Citizen Kane and shut the fuck up. Gotta earn it back. And they're not going to. Because to be fair, Citizen Kane's great, so... <laughs> All right. Let's do that next time. Have you seen Citizen? No, I have not. You've never seen Citizen Kane. Mm-mm. What's wrong with you? And you call yourself a film buff. Have you seen Vertigo? Yes. Do you know that's been recently named the greatest film of all time? Who named that? Uh, a bunch of different films sites. Hmm. Even huh? Brandon Brown will back you up on that. It's a good film. It's been named. The best. It's, it's overtaken Citizen Kane. I don't agree with that, but... I'll have to watch them back-to-back and give our opinion. You will not like Citizen Kane. Hey, you never know. How can you not like Orson Welles? Can't say I have an opinion on him. You don't have an opinion. At this point, no. <laughs> I don't, but... Have you seen the, watched the Animaniacs? Yeah. Have you watched The Brain? Yeah. Just imagine The Brain. <laughs> <laughs> and that's him. Well, because that's what Mar- uh, Maurice LeBlanc is... Based his voice for the brain off of Yeah, um, as Orson Welles, yeah. Alright, we gotta end this. No, we don't. Yes, we do. We can't just keep talking forever. Why not? We can't. Can't. We gotta save it for the next time that we do a, a podcast. And then, you know, when we actually are covering that. We'll, when we do the 99 episodes of Animaniacs in one, in one episode. I would we'll, love that. I love the Animaniacs. <laughs> that would be a, like a... Probably a year-long process to get that. No, together. I think it'd be like a oh, thirty-minute uh, episode. What do you think of the Animaniacs show? It's funny. Yeah, <laughs> you can't really review it like in totality. Yeah, I meant like all ninety-nine. You watch all ninety-nine. No, I don't. No, I know. No, I know what you're saying. I'm just saying, like, like yeah. your review is no, like no, it was pretty funny. This, yeah. It's fucking funny. Watch yeah. it for yourself. Don't really know what to say for an example. This is just really funny. Yeah, and that's what it would be. But. It's, I still can't believe you haven't seen Citizen Kane. Nope. But then again, you haven't seen Godfather, Star Wars. Yes, I have, but I... 
No, you're sick no, during no, it. No, no, you fell asleep during I it. I was so sick that, during it. That doesn't count. Yeah. That's not counting as seeing it. So when Abe Vigoda died, you're like, oh, he's the guy from Good Burger. And I'm like, guy from Godfather. <laughs> There's a big, there's a big difference, big difference that, between Godfather and Good Burger. Yeah, Good Burger's the better film. Yeah, <laughs> just kidding. All right, um, Blood and Black Rub podcast. It can be found on iTunes, um, Stitcher, Stitcher. Yep, uh, which we don't use that much. SoundCloud is where we go up first. Uh, so that's like when the the that's where I upload to first, and that's where our feed comes out of. So you can download it from there. Um, you can also comment on it there and like it. So that we know you like us. Um, we're on Facebook, facebook.com slash blood and black rum podcast. You should add us as a friend and then like and share the podcast like every single day so that people actually see it because like Facebook algorithm is terrible. Um, you can tweet me on Twitter at Ryan, R Y N E T M I A D W. It's not a, a, a blood and black rum podcast Twitter per se, but it will get to the right people. As soon as our uh, podcast gets over a thousand listens, um, I'll, uh... It's already over a thousand, dude. I mean, like... Per, you mean, like, one episode yeah. a thousand? I'll, I'll get us, uh... I'll get myself a Twitter account, uh... There you go. Yeah, you... Because you don't have one, so... Good idea. Okay. Get to listening, people! <laughs> to hear to hear my thoughts on just random shit. That's right. I mean, it's probably not that exciting, but... Yeah, no. That's why I haven't gotten Twitter yet, because I don't feel like shouting into the... Into the void? Into the void, like, I had pancakes today! That's pretty much it. And, like, and like no one likes it. It's like, why does no one like that I had pancakes there? Yeah. Or, like, I think Taylor Swift is okay! Yeah. And yeah. they get 50, like, different responses. Like, I think she's adequate. <laughs> Did I miss anything here that I was mentioning? I think I got everything. SoundCloud, Facebook, Stitcher. iTunes, Stitcher. I think we got them. We need a sponsor. We do need a sponsor. So if you're looking to sponsor us, where's, where's, let us know. Where's Audio Cloud? You know, like, hey, you get a free audio book. Yeah, there. get an audio book for listening to us. I know, we need like a giveaway code like in the middle of the podcast so that like people are hanging on. It's like... It's like, wait, wait, we'll wait. have a giveaway code a little later in the in the podcast. That's one of my favorite things about podcasts. Is like, you just listen, like, and like, man, like, you know, going on, my neck has been hurting today. Just like, you know, my neck has been hurting. That's why I switched over to this brand mattress. This brand mattress. We should just start doing it just for the hell of it. They'll the probably sue us. Like, <laughs> go to the audiobook and type in Blood and Black Rum Podcast as your code. We promise you, you'll get a 15% off coupon. And I'm like, when is that? <laughs> um, I did miss one thing. You can email us at bloodandblackrumpodcast at gmail.com. You can let us know what you want to hear about. Uh, any movies that you want us to cover? Any TV shows? When's our um, epic RoboCop review coming? I don't know. We still haven't figured that out yet. It'll be coming soon. Maybe we'll, do that. we'll save that till October for my birthday. There you go. Yeah, that'll be a good birthday present <laughs> for you. That um, I'm trying because there there is literally a bunch of films that we've seen already. That you have to that you have to podcast. Robocop's one of them. It is because uh, I can't wait to like tear an asshole into it. <laughs> um, uh, shit. What else? I would like to review the modern Godzilla too. Yeah. That's a good 
I liked it a lot. Yeah. When, when's Moffler coming out? I don't know. I hope it's soon. I think it was 2017. Really? They're waiting three years? I think it was 2017 that they announced that they were going to they were gonna Wait, put it they, out. Wait, would it be three or four years? When, when did the Godzilla come out? I don't know. I think it was, was it like two years ago. Was it 2015 or 2014? It was 2014. 2014. That, that's a waste. Yeah. So I think it was 2017 they, not, they said that there was going to be a new one out, but I don't know. I haven't heard anything about it. Um, thanks for listening to our Warriors podcast. Let us know if we're wrong about it. I I, I think it's a good film. So. Well, I think it's a good film too, but I'm, I I don't, you know, like I said, you can listen to it previously, but we gave it a seven, 7 out of 10 leather cuts. So, you know, there was room for improvement. But uh, yeah, I do think it was a good film. And uh, we will see you next time for the next film that we cover, which is a mystery to you and to us right now. Thanks for listening.